0: between
1: Delmer's card, but to see
2: Delmer in the service, and uh, he uh, uh, he had both of those knees done at the same time. I still think he's pretty crazy, and he looks a little pale. I'm gonna be honest with you, Delmer. You look a little pale, so he's gonna try to make it through the service. But if he don't, you know, y'all know what's going on. Uh, but I, I'm preaching today. You really blew it. I got, I got, oh no, I got a long one today. You're you're here to 115, so no, we're gonna we're gonna try to be a little bit kind. Amen. Oh yes, thank you. All right, I don't know who did this, but somebody has lost their pocketbook. Okay, it's out there, it's out there in the window, Veronica. It's out, go go get it right now. All right. So now we take, you let me know if anything's missing, and then I'll let you know if I've got it. All right, TJ, why don't you lead us in prayer this morning? Lord, it's once again we thank you for letting us come into your house today, Lord. We just thank you for the ability to be here, Lord. We just pray for those that can't be here today, Lord. you just give them a special blessing, Lord. We just uh, pray for the one that would stand to preach today, Lord. Just give them the words we would need for the hour, Lord. Be with the choir as they sing, Lord. Just prepare our hearts now, Lord, for what you would have for us. Yes, yes. We just yes. pray if there's someone here today that doesn't know you as their Savior, today would be the day they come to know you, Lord. We just pray for this offering, Lord. Bless the gift and the giver alike. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. He's number one. Number one,
3: everybody stand. All hail the power of Jesus' name.
4: So this last Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday—I don't know if you're aware—but we had a Bible conference here, and um, uh, and I, I don't think—I don't, think, don't know—I heard from a couple of people, but I think I think too many people got stuck on that word expository and and, and thought that it was just preachers. But um, I'm telling you, it was for everybody. Uh, the emphasis of the of the meetings of the sermons was the Bible, and. Um, and it was something that I needed. I know that. And, uh, and I know you may think, well, of course it was the Bible. You know, every time we meet here, it's about the Bible. Well, I, I fear that it's that nonchalant attitude towards the Bible <laughs> that, that maybe doesn't have you cherishing that word of God like we should and recognizing it as a lamp unto your feet, as, as life, uh, as, as, as food for your, for your, for your spirit, as, as, as water for your soul. And uh, I know for me, it was just a focus on not neglecting the Word of God and, and just how important it is as we, go, as we leave this place and go out there to live, to live with power, to have His Word with us. And, and it seemed like an emphasis uh, on a couple nights was just, how is this the same God in that Bible that we serve today? Uh, the same God that was delivering in that word is delivering today. the same God uh, that was doing the impossible things performing merit is the same God that does that today. and if we're going to ever know him and live for him like we should, we need to know that book and uh, uh, there was just some songs that just popped into my mind been on my heart since this week. it was a blessing to me and if you get a chance, you need to go back and and listen to those sermons and Friday night we just had such a sweet spirit here and Uh, It's just good to be in God's house and and to feel His presence, and I pray for that today. I pray today that you didn't come here just because it's Sunday morning, and it's what we always do, but you came to be in the presence of a holy God. You came to be in the presence of your Savior, and that you'll worship Him today. So let's just worship the Lord today.
5: keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same.
6: With healing in his hands, I turned to you, put everything behind me, and found the God who makes all.
7: again are on the same page thank the lord for that i just wanted to make mention because and probably you're thinking a lot of people are talking about the bible conference and 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 that well it was impactful it really was it was absolutely amazing uh i want to thank the dewey's for just going above and beyond two mornings making us breakfast and i kept telling those people you're not gonna believe it and they walked in and their jaws still dropped wow look at this breakfast but It was wonderful, the morning sessions and all of that. But Friday night, God moved in in a special way. And uh, it wasn't really about the singing. It wasn't about, uh, you know, uh, that. It was that God chose two very specific messages to use in a very specific way. Uh, Dale called me last night and... uh, Dale Vance was with us throughout the week. Some of you might be familiar with him. And maybe you aren't. But Brother Dale is a dear friend of mine, dear friend of this church. We prayed for his wife, Rachel, as she went through cancer, as it appeared that God healed her. And then the cancer came back with vigor. Uh, and he lost his wife uh, last year uh, at the very end of the year. Dale struggled through that. Dale took some time off as any of you can imagine. But at the same time, there was a steadiness about him that came from the word of God. I really believe it. He's a man that's rooted and grounded in it. But he also was honest with us, wasn't he? And he said, I went through this space of time where I did not hear God. And if you were here, like I said, I don't want to belabor the point except to hopefully make you, if you didn't come, make you wish you had been here because it was good. And uh, the Lord was doing something mighty in it. And as we came in uh, that night, like I said, the, God just put some specific messages in our way and in our heart and put them that way. And Dale yesterday called me and he said, Mike, I'd never been in a service like that. He said, it wasn't necessarily the service. He said, it was what God was doing in my heart. And Dale said, I don't want to really use this word. And Dale's very careful with how he says things. And even when he was sharing, he was like, Mike, I don't know how you want to share this with your church. I'm just sharing it exactly. But he wanted me to, you to know this. He said, I felt like I had a little breakthrough on Friday night. Amen. And uh, that was so encouraging to me. Because he's going through the the impossible in my mind. In my mind. I can't sympathize with him, empathize with him. I don't know how to talk to him except for, well, here's what the word. But yet he's walking that, stayed on the word of God, and believing and trusting God that he's good no matter what. That he's good no matter what. And he kept saying that. He said, I know that he's good. I know. I don't feel it, but I know. But his faithfulness to me is that, and I'm talking about Dale, to being like, I don't feel like it today, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to preach the word of God. And, and the Christian life, listen, ain't about the feels, Okay. That's why this preacher still talks about doing things religiously every once in a while. Whether you feel like it or not, get up in the morning and open up your Bible and read it. Because all the times you didn't feel like it, there's going to be a time when it's all going to come to the place where God is going to be like, here's why it's so important. Here's what you needed here. Here's what you needed there. And I think that this next song that we're going to sing, you're going to realize the truth of that little phrase that's in the book of Psalms that says, your goodness is running after me. It's chasing me down. When I didn't get it, I didn't understand it, but I stayed faithful to what you to the house of God, to the things of God, to what you would do. Your goodness chased me down, and He's good to us that way. God like said Dale wanted me to share that with our congregation. It meant the world to me to talk to him last night and just have him pouring his heart out. And again, if you know Dale, a man of outside of the pulpit. He's a man of few words. And uh, he wanted our church to know how much that, isn't that amazing? An expository Bible conference would have the Holy Spirit because God blesses His Word. He blesses His Word. Go ahead, let's sing that song.
6: I love you
9: quick about the, uh, the Bible conference we had. Uh, Friday night, I did not want to come. i just going to be honest. Uh, I left work early Friday and there's just some things that I had been going through. And, uh, honestly, this was the last place I wanted to be Friday night. And, uh, we were eating dinner, and I don't know what it was, I guess the Holy Spirit and something said, you're going to go tonight, and uh, whether you want to or not, you need to go. So I got up, and I went and got a shower, and uh, thank the Lord that he impressed upon my heart to come, because that message that uh, Brother Potter preached was exactly what I needed I felt like, I felt insulted because I felt like he was preaching right at me. But that's what God's word does. Um, It wasn't the music that moved me. It wasn't something somebody said. It was the word of God that he just preached straight from the Bible, didn't add anything to it. Uh, I mean, it was like he was preaching right to me. And uh, I just thank God that um, maybe you're here this morning, you didn't feel like being here. Maybe something bad happened before you, uh, before you got ready and you were like, you know what, this isn't worth it. I don't want to be here this morning. or You know what, I've been going through a lot this week and it would be nice just to go back to bed, get some rest, forget about my problems. I've been there, okay? <laughs> I'm so, sort of right there right now. Um, but you're here. God has something for you. Yeah. So instead of fighting it, why don't you just open your heart to what God has for you this morning, listen to him, and respond to it. And um, believe me, it can do a world of difference for that situation you're going through to just let God speak to you this morning and, uh, and just be obedient to him.
2: Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord when the Lord's home and he's with us in a special way? Wonderful. Um, The Bible conference this week, it really was amazing. If you didn't make it out to any of the services, then uh, I hope that the next time we do this kind of thing, and it's coming up, uh, and we uh, have every intention of doing this again, uh, but uh, we, we really encourage you to get involved in it. It makes huge, huge difference to, for everyone. It, uh, and one of the things that it does is it lingers with you. Um, uh, the Word of God does not return void, but the Word of God doesn't always do all of its work at that very moment. As a matter of fact, meditating on the Word of God is, um, is one of the most important aspects of a growing Christian. If you're going to grow in the knowledge of grace and truth, then you've got to think on these things. Amen? Remember what he said in Philippians? Think on these things. And so you need to stop and think on these things. And it has a very, very powerful effect. And uh, I did not know Stephen Cox... Uh, or uh, Jake Potter either one before the conference Uh, and uh, so I had an awesome uh, time fellowshipping with them getting to know them and uh, and just being around them and then that made their preaching even more powerful to me Uh, and uh, so uh, you just don't want to miss these opportunities you really really don't they make such a difference in your life we're just going to take a few minutes this morning, but we are going to turn to the gospel, uh, to the book of Isaiah and we're going to look at uh, we're going to look at one verse in chapter number 33. We're going to look at verse 22. We preached last Sunday night out of chapter 33. So we're going to take a look at one of the verses that was part of our message from last week, which is verse 22. But then when you found that, and in most Bibles, you're not even going to have to turn the page, Uh, to get to chapter 35, uh, and uh, we're going to look at chapter number 35 beginning in verse number 3, and we'll read, there's only 10 verses we'll read from verse 3 to the end of the chapter, then we'll bring the message that the Lord's laid on our heart uh, for today, uh, and I hope it'll be a blessing to you. So if you found these two passages of Scripture, if you would stand with us please in honor of the reading of the Word of God, in the book of Isaiah chapter number 33 and verse 22 says... For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king. He will save us. Then in Isaiah 35 beginning in verse 3, Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water, and the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And an highway shall be there, and, way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return. And come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Dear Lord, we pray you'd help us in the understanding of the word this morning. Lord, help us to center our attention on it. Lord, we've talked an awful lot about, uh, about the conference and about uh, uplifting the word and the expository preaching of the word and understanding of the word. And so, Lord, we pray that for just for a few moments, you might allow us that glorious opportunity to receive that from the word that we need as a Christian, perhaps even as someone who's wayward and struggling, or perhaps someone here today that's lost. Lord, they don't even know which way to go. We pray that your word might speak to us. We'll be careful to give you the praise. For we ask it in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen, and you may be seated. So by way of introduction, I wanna go back to what we were preaching on, uh, or the passages that we were looking at from last Sunday night, just just to look at that one verse, verse number 22. I, uh, I really didn't elaborate on that verse, uh, as we preached last week, that's not uh, that wasn't our emphasis. Even though we were talking about our saving God, but notice what he says. And again, in verse 22, for the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our King. He will save us. And we talked last week about the cleansing. Uh, water the fresh water that would come in and cleanse and we talked about the Dead Sea and the Mediterranean and the rivers that would one day unite those two great bodies of water and how that when a river that's fresh flows into a pond or a pool uh, or a lake uh, even if that lake is contaminated uh, that over time with that fresh water flowing in and especially if that Uh, Pond or pool or lake has an outlet it won't take very long for it to cleanse it And we talked about uh, that was like unto the cleansing power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ No matter how sinful we may be no matter how much we have given to the things of this world When the cleansing flood of the blood of Jesus Christ flows into our heart It cleanses us and makes us whole and aren't you glad that it does? That is exactly what he's talking about here uh, in verse number 22. But I want you to notice that when he uses this, uh, the lawgiver, the king, the, the judge, all of these have to do with judgment. Uh, the, you know when if you think about that that's exactly what he's talking about uh, the saving God is mentioned in that verse but he's mentioned after he talks about judgment and I wanted to just mention to you because as we've been studying the book of Isaiah I want you to grab hold of some principles about the book and the theme of the book of Isaiah is salvation although salvation is not always talked about in every incident it just seems that it's very rare in the book of Isaiah very rare indeed that when judgment is mentioned that salvation doesn't almost immediately follow everywhere you look in the book of Isaiah he'll talk he'll, he'll speak about judgment and he talks about judgment in the near view In other words he's telling them uh, Isaiah is prophesying To them that in your lifetime The events of your life are Going to bring about God's judgment You're going to see it as a nation You're going to see it as a people You're even going to see it as individuals Because God's judgment is going To come upon you that's the near view But then as the prophet of God He also looks way Way down the corridors of time And he talks about Judgments of God that will come way later Uh, and and, uh, so he has the near view and the far view but whatever he's talking about when he's talking about judgment he always uh, comes back to the fact that God still has salvation for his people. You very very rarely see judgment spoken of in Isaiah without seeing salvation mentioned but you see salvation mentioned without judgment on several occasions. You say, well, is that really true? Yes, and now we're not going to take the time to do this, but I just want you to think about it. If you don't turn there unless you are willing to turn back, but if you were to turn to the book uh, of Isaiah chapter number 12, you would find that verse number 3 says, therefore with joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. That entire chapter, the entire 12th chapter of Isaiah is about God's saving grace, the whole thing. So, we'd have to say that when we look at Isaiah, we're seeing a picture of God's saving grace. Tucked away in the Old Testament, where there is so much judgment and There is uh, so much uh, about the need for repentance and the need to turn away and time and time and time again throughout almost all of the Old Testament, we see the wrath of God, uh, the judgment of God, uh, the anger of God. We see it over and over and over again. But in the middle of the Old Testament, we have Isaiah the prophet who says in the midst of wrath, remember mercy. Now Isaiah didn't write that. Uh, That comes a little bit later but but we get the idea that in the old testament in the midst in the midst of all the talk of the wrath of god we see this glorious picture of the mercy of god the grace of god the salvation of god aren't you glad that god is a saving god now let me tell you something god could be a holy god and not be a saving god. He could. God could have looked at earth and looked at Adam and Eve and the fall that took place. God could have looked at that and said, I'm just going to start over because it didn't work out. And he could have he, he could have still been a holy God. If, he had a, if God had not only destroyed the earth when he came to the time of Noah, if he had also destroyed Noah and his family, he would have still been a holy God. But... Because he's not only a holy God, he is also a merciful God. Then we see that God is not only the God of judgment, but he's also the God of salvation. God's holiness demands judgment, and judgment must come. But God is also a merciful God, so God shows mercy on those who respond to his love. It's a beautiful picture. It truly is. Now, we, having said that, I want you to notice that in this in this verse that we read, verse number 22, he ends this with, he will save us. We see the God of judgment in the fact that he is the judge and he is the lawgiver and he is the king. Now, the king, and I don't, I don't have time to get into this. Uh, I said I was going to preach short, but uh, if you look in this particular text, you see that he is the judge, the lawgiver, and then the king, but it is the king who has has the authority so that the judge and the lawgiver can be effective in dispensing judgment. If it were not for the authority and the power of the king, then the lawgiver and the judge wouldn't be much use. But because the king has authority in the land, then the lawgiver and the judge can dispense judgment and punishment and show the wrath Upon those who deserve the punishment of the government that comes. But not only does he say that he is the judge and that he's the lawgiver and that he's the king. He has all this authority. And he has all this power and he can dispense judgment at will. But then he also says he will save us. That is, that is an interesting phrase to be found right here. In verse number 22 of the 33rd chapter of the book of Isaiah. He is come, not just to judge us, not, not, not just to uh, give us the law, not just to punish us, not just to have authority over us, but he came to save us. And you know, there's a similar thing that comes up in, in, uh, in chapter number 35. Uh, the theme of salvation in Isaiah is, is seen over and over again. And, uh, and when we get to chapter number 35, uh, we find that he's, he mentions it again. He's, he, as a matter of fact, I think it's beautiful the way he mentions it. If you, know, if you look at verse, uh, chapter number 35, he says this in verse number 4. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not, behold, our God will come with vengeance even a God with a recompense, okay, so he's mentioning his power and his ability to dispense judgment again. But then notice what he says at the end. He will come and save you. The God that has the power to judge you, the God that has the power, listen, the God that has all authority and all and all uh, uh, responsibility as you, uh, if you want to look at it that way, to dispense this judgment, this God who can take anyone and everyone who has fallen into the depths of sin and the depravity of humanity and turned their back on God and walked away from him, he is totally justified in casting every one of them into a devil's hell for all eternity, never to be redeemed. But this, Same God that has this power, that has this authority, that has this justification in his holiness to destroy everyone, every man, woman, boy, and girl that ever lived on the face of this earth save Jesus Christ Himself, God would be justified in casting every one of us to an eternity in hell, but he doesn't. He does it because not only is he a God of judgment, not only is he a holy God, but he's a Merciful God. He's not just a God of judgment, he is also a God of salvation. And I want you to notice this passage of Scripture, our text. Our text is verse number eight. And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those. The wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. He's talking about this highway of holiness. Now, one one I I visit Georgia on a regular basis and my uh, my family all live in Lawrenceville, Georgia or very near Lawrenceville, Georgia that now and I've, I've been there many, many times for meetings and camp meetings and uh, and family things and all that and everybody there seems to think that I know my way around Lawrenceville, you know, like the back of my hand I mean, you know, because my family all live there and they, you know, they've spent years and years and years there and I mean, I grew up with my mom and dad my siblings living in the same house but we didn't live in Lawrenceville when I grew up we lived in Kennesaw, Georgia and it's about an hour and 20 minutes away from Lawrenceville. And so, uh, yes, I went to Lawrenceville on occasion, but I'm not familiar with that place. And they all just think that I know it around, you know, go run over here to this place. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. I have no clue where you're talking about. So, praise God, the GPS came along. And so now they say, oh, you know, well, we're going to go eat at this and this place. You know, it's on such and such a road. And uh, so I can enter in the restaurant and find it, and my GPS will take me right there. Well, one night, late at night, I was leaving one place and going to another place, and I keyed in my GPS, right? And so I'm following my GPS. Now, has anybody ever experienced this, that every once in a while, not 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 always. Not not maybe not even often. But every once in a while, your GPS just you know it has some kind of a, uh, uh, it has some kind of a spark in it, and it just says, "I'm going to get him now." Yeah, yeah, I, I'm really going to get him now. And so uh, we were in Pigeon Forge one time, and it took us over the mountain to get from Gatlinburg uh, to Pigeon Forge. And let me tell you something, at night, late at night, you don't want to be driving on those mountain roads. Uh, You know, there's no light, there's nothing, and they're all twisty and turny. Well, that's kind of what happened here, only it was even worse. I'm following this GPS, and I come up to this it takes me, it, first of all, it takes me off, off the highway, and then it takes me to a road that doesn't have any lines. It's a paved road, but it doesn't have any lines. Then it takes me from that paved road to a gravel road. Okay? Then it takes me to a place on this gravel road and tells me to turn right, and I, I'm looking at it, and it's just dirt. I mean, it's no, no gravel. No, I mean, it's just dirt. It looks like a pig trail. And not only that, but it has a gate. And I'm like, this is somebody's private property. But you know, I'm totally now, at this point, I am totally at the uh, at the mercy of my GPS. The fortunately the gate is open. But, uh, and, uh, you know, and it looked like one of those gates that, if you've ever seen the gates that are down there at Nottingham Park, that's what it looked like. It did, you know, it just had one bar and a little thing there, and it was opened up, and I thought, well, I guess this is it. So I turned, and the road kept getting narrower and narrower and narrower, and and I was almost ready to try if I might turn around on that road. I thought I might have to buy, uh, back up about three miles just to find the place wide enough to turn around Till finally it popped out in a parking lot behind a Walmart. <laughs> and I'm like, what What in the world is going on? Okay? <laughs> the reason I say that is because I was reading somebody the other day and they said, uh, you know, uh, we, we just... Take, you know, we just take great roads for, you know, for granted nowadays. Apparently, this person does not live in Pennsylvania. And apparently, he doesn't live in Georgia with my GPS because I do not take good roads for granted. I'll tell you that right now. But what he's saying here, the word for highway, it, means, it literally means what it says. It means a highway. It means a road that is built up above everything that is around it. Now, let me tell you something. Have you ever noticed that in Pennsylvania, they have no clue how to build roads? Okay, if you go to Maryland, just down the road, you ever been there? Okay, go down to Maryland, and you will find the paradise of roads. Okay? It's a, it's a two-lane road, but it is wide enough to be a four-lane road because the shoulder is wide, wide enough for you to drive on, and it's pretty clean most of the time. I mean, it's really nice. Uh, and then you'll notice something else. As you're riding down the road in Maryland you will notice that you're above everything. You know, there's a bank that comes up to the road, and you're riding down the road, and you can look down to the field, down to the next road, You because you're, you're riding on the highway. You get in Pennsylvania, and you got banks on either side. And, you, you know, you realize that you're in the gully. I mean, you are in the ditch riding down the road. So when it snows, the snow just falls down into the... Have you ever noticed that? Okay, so what he's saying here in this passage of Scripture is God has a road for the righteous, and it's a highway. It's not down. They didn't cut this road down through the mountain, through the the valley. No, 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 he didn't cut it out. He built it up. It's a built-up road. It's a highway, and it's the highway of holiness, and it is made specifically for the the righteous ones to walk on. This is the way we get to glory. It's an amazing thing if you think about it. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm almost overwhelmed when I think about it. Now, let me hurry up here, but notice what else he says. Notice... Chapter 35, verse 8, and the latter part of the verse, it says, The unclean shall not pass over it. When you get saved, you're on a different road. The world is not walking the road you're walking. That means they don't see what you see. As a matter of fact, the unsaved are walking the broad way that leads to hell and it's cut out down in the bottom of life. Man, it's the bottom of life. And the longer you walk down that wide road, it seems to me the deeper it gets. But when you get saved, God puts you up on a high road. You're up above the the struggles and the heartaches. Now, you're going to have them but you're going to rise above them. Amen. I loved what, I, I know I got to hurry, but I just got to mention this. I love what Dale said, Dale Vance. He said, I'm in the middle of it right now. I'm right in the middle of it. He said, but I'll get through it. I'll get through it. You know why he'll get through it? Because he's not walking the low road. He's not walking the wide way that leads to destruction. He's walking on the highway. He's walking on a road that raises him above all the heartaches and the struggles and the difficulties of life. Oh, you're going to experience them, but you're going to be on a road that's going to take you where you can rise above it. It's a highway, and it's not for the lost. The lost don't get to walk on this road. When you, when you can't figure out why the world acts the way they do, remember, they're on a different road than you are. They're seeing different scenery than you are. They may live in the same town. They may work in the same factory. They may, uh, you may see them over and over again, but they're not seeing the world the way you see it because when God saved you, he set you on a highway of holiness and you see the world completely different. It's totally different now. Why? Because he's got a highway that he made for you, and you're walking on it. He said, "Let me read it again. It's as clear as a bell." Notice what he says. He says, "The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those." Now, I love this too. The wayfaring men, though fools. The wayfaring men, though fools. You see, I, I don't, I don't get it, preacher. He says, we're up on a highway, and now he says, wayfaring men, though fools. Do you know what? I'm not really completely saved. I mean, I'm as saved as I could possibly be in this life. But you know, I still think about things sometimes I ought not to think about. Do you ever do that? You ever think about things that you know, and hey, it's not just awful, terrible, wicked stuff. That's not even necessarily what I'm talking about. Sometimes I think, you know, sometimes I think, man, you could have been such a better preacher. You know, you could, have, you, could have done so, you could have done this, you could have done that. You could have been here, you could have been there. You know, blah, 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 blah. Think about things that got no business. God didn't call me to be somebody else. Do you know, God called me to be your pastor. That's what God called me to be. You say, how do you know it? Well, I can see a thousand reasons why I am positive that's true. Maybe you see none. Maybe you're sitting out there, you're thinking, yeah, I've been waiting for a new one to come along for a long time. I wish we could see the back of him. Guess what? God called me to be your pastor. You know that? He called me to be. Now, I may not be the best one you're ever going to get. I'm sure I'm not. But I'm the one God gave you, amen. And you're the people that God gave me. And I don't need to compare my work nor my ministry with anybody else's because God saved me and he put me on a highway. And on this highway, he told me to do the work that he called me to do. I can't do the work that God called Harry to do. I can't do the work that God called Delmer to do. I can't do the work that Jimmy Rowland was called to do. I can't do the work that these others were called to do. But I can do the work that God called me to do. But I'm so foolish sometimes. Amen. I, I'm so willing to stray away on occasion. What he said, "A wayfaring man, wayfaring men though fools... I feel like that sometimes. I feel like some foolish man who would just wander off if it weren't for the fact that God put me on the highway. Amen? God put me on the highway. You see, I can, I can tell when I start to get in the ditch. <laughs> I, can tell, tell, I can tell when I get too close to the, to the right side of the road and I'm about to slide off. I can tell that because I'm on the highway. Now if I was on a dirt trail somewhere, if I was cut out way down deep, I might not be able to tell when I was getting off. But because I'm on the highway, it's easy for me to tell. A wayfaring man, though a fool, could not err therein. If you're saved, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how foolish you've been. It doesn't matter how rough your life past was. It doesn't matter any of those things. God puts you on a highway. And though we're wayfaring men and though we act like fools, sometimes God's taken us to glory. God's taken us to heaven. That's what he ends up with the last two verses of the chapter. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up there on it, shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come designed with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. We are completely safe on this highway and we're going to a land of peace and joy forever and ever. If you think the devil is going to swallow you up, he can't do it. You're on the highway. You think the trials of life are going to totally overwhelm you and overcome you? Can't happen if you're saved. You're on the highway. He, he gave us this highway. I wonder. I wonder if there's somebody here this morning and you'd say, Preacher, I ain't on that highway. I've I, I never been on that road. No, my, my life just seems to keep getting more and more difficult and lower and lower and harder and harder. And I have no joy, I have no peace. The Bible means nothing to me. The songs of praise that the choir sing, they sound good to my ears, but they don't move my heart. You ought to get on that highway today. You ought to get off the road to hell. Get on the road to glory. Amen? No reason for you to stay on the wrong road. Jesus died on the cross of Calvary to make it possible for wayfaring men, though fools to walk the highway with the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't waste your life way down in the bottom roads of this world. Trust the Lord Jesus Christ and walk the highway. What he said, the redeemed. Walk the highway with the redeemed. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to bring the message. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts with its truth and Touch our lives with its reality. We thank you for the word and we thank you for what it means. We thank you that, Lord, we can be expositors of the word. We can be those that pull the truths out, make them evident and obvious. Somebody here today, I believe with all my heart, there's somebody here today that it's obvious that they're on the wrong road. They know that they're not walking with Jesus if they had to die today, they have no hope of heaven, only hell would be their reward. Lord, I pray they would not wait. I pray they wouldn't put it off. But I pray this morning, this Sunday morning, they'd walk down this aisle, they'd trust the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, and Lord, they'd get off the low road, they'd get on the highway. We pray it in Jesus'
1: precious and holy name. Amen. In a place